0: Before Mary and Joseph traveled to Bethlehem, before the angels appeared to shepherds as they watched their flock by night, before the wise men from the east made their journey, Isaiah was telling God's people of a great light that would come and shine in the darkness. A child was to be born, and that child would be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Hi, I'm Charles Morris, and this is the Great Stories Podcast. And today I'm speaking with Old Testament scholar and the son of my predecessor at Haven Ministries, Ray Ortland. If you're a longtime listener, I'm sure you'll recognize his voice. And today he's joining me to talk about finding Christmas in Isaiah, which, of course, is not very hard to do. But more than just citing the passages we all know and love, Ray's going to help us feel the significance of these words in a way that I think will inspire you to appreciate and cherish Jesus this Christmas. Recorded in 2010, I'm happy to unearth this great conversation that points to Jesus on every turn. And so without further introduction, let's get started. Welcome to Haven Today, where we are looking and seeing Christmas in all of the Bible, all of God's Word. And uh, on the line with us today from uh, a church that he pastors in Nashville, Tennessee, is Ray Ortland and I guess I should say junior uh, Dr. Ray Ortland. Ray, welcome back to this program that you haven't been on in a number of years. Thank you, Charles.
1: It's great to be back. It's a privilege to be with you today and and to spend a few minutes with
0: uh, everyone listening to Haven today. Well, there are of course some of our listeners who will remember you did a number of programs uh, for your dad, uh who was my predecessor as the speaker on this program and uh, people always said you sound exactly alike and and of course your dad, we're going to talk about Isaiah uh because you are an Old Testament scholar, but your dad loved to preach out of Isaiah as well, didn't he? Yes, he did and and uh, i may have sounded like my dad
1: but there is nobody like my dad huh. and uh, the haven today listeners who remember him know what a magnificent man he was and we all miss him very much yes
0: absolutely and i can just say here here for that well we're looking over the next few days for christmas in the bible And you have written the study notes. You used to teach at Trinity Seminary outside Chicago. Uh, uh, You went to Aberdeen for your Ph.D., Dallas uh, for your um, seminary degree. Uh, You've written the study notes for Isaiah for the ESV Study Bible, which was World Magazine's number one book of the year last year. And uh, just talk to us about Isaiah first before we look for Christmas Talk to us a little bit about how did a prophet write? You know, a prophet, you know, can be read on many levels, but just tell us a little bit about this prophet Isaiah. Yeah. Isaiah, uh, I have to give a warning
1: to all of our listeners who may not have studied Isaiah so much. Uh, there should be a warning label on that book because it is addictive. Hmm. The prophecy of hmm. Isaiah is um, filled with Jesus Christ. It is filled with hope. I saw... Uh, a, a A children's Bible that has come out recently it's really well done and the very name Isaiah they summarize in the children's Bible so perfectly they summarize it as God to the rescue that's what the name Isaiah means and who of us doesn't need God to come to our rescue Mm. at every level of our existence and that's what Isaiah is all about Uh, it's the meaning of his name it's the message of his book God to the rescue, and we need God, and we welcome Him, and we thank Him for caring about us so
0: deeply. Well, you're you're Ray, you're warming my heart because you're talking about Sally Lloyd Jones, who we've had on this program. That's it, many yes. many times. The Jesus Storybook Bible, every story whispers His name, and and uh, and it does, doesn't it? So, Isaiah was a prophet. Uh, what he lived in the reign of King Uzziah, I guess. And, uh, yes, about about 700 years before Christ. Okay.
1: And uh, he was enabled by God to see far in advance uh, uh, both events su- uh, to transpire in the centuries immediately following his own life, but also 700 years forward to the birth and life and death of Jesus Christ, and even far beyond to in chapters 65 and 66, the new heavens and the new earth. Mm. Now, he could do that under God's enabling because God controls all of history. God has his arms wrapped around this world. God has written a script for history. God has a story to tell. It's all about him and his glory. Uh, It's about the finished work of Christ on the cross. It's about good news for bad people through that finished work on the cross. That's the story God is telling, and ina- Isaiah was enabled to foresee so much of it so that when we read Isaiah today, uh, we can understand more deeply uh, what's happening to us, in, what's, who are we, why is life the way it is, and what is that great hope that God is offering us?
0: Wow. Well, we better dig into the Word. little bit the word of god is in the prophet isaiah why don't we go straight to isaiah nine this is probably the classic text in isaiah that gets us to christmas and of course there's titles that take place later on uh, in the chapter but it just starts out the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light and those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness on them has light shined uh, just lead us there. Talk to us a little bit about Isaiah 9. Yes. The darkness, and it, then it says deep darkness, describes
1: life without God. Life when we individually, we as uh, a people, as a nation, have lost our way. And this is a promise here in Isaiah chapter 9. This is a promise, Charles, for desperate times. Mm. I'm so thankful for the gospel. It is not written for, it's not given to people who have cushy designer lives, and everything is going their way, and they're uh, well-padded financially and physically secure, and they have no sins to bear, and everything is great. That is not, the gospel is not for people like that. The gospel is for people, desperate people living in desperate times. And you and I know in our own stories, there have been times of tremendous difficulty. And then people who are listening to us right now, some of them are suffering intensely. Mm. So when Isaiah talks about people walking in darkness and dwelling in a land of deep darkness, we know what he's talking about. And it is those people, it is us, Mm. to whom God comes in Christ with great light on hmm. them has light shined. It's not something we invent or make up. It's something that comes to us through Christ.
0: And then it goes on. For unto us a child is born. It's, it's, it's clearly, uh, I know from reading your notes, you say it's not subjective, it's objective. We've got this prediction here in Isaiah 9 of the coming of the Christ child. It's so surprising, Charles, because we look at
1: the terrorism in our world today, And we look at the terrifying aspects of our own lives. And God says, my remedy, my rescue is a child. Uh, Hmm. God's answer to everything that has ever frightened us is a child. Hmm. Uh, Because God's power is so superior to all the big shots of this world and so far superior to everything that threatens us that he can defeat them all by coming as a mere child and he did in christ
0: Mm. and what is the government that will be upon his shoulder
1: yes it says of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end and the government will be upon his shoulder he will bear on his shoulders world rule all through history We've been trying to build a civilization that would last, a civilization that, where we would be safe, where we would be finally at home, uh, a civilization that would protect us and give us a happy and fulfilled life. We have always failed because the government has been on our shoulders, hmm. and the burden of wisdom, the burden of provision Uh, all of the, everything we need has been on our shoulders. And God came down in Jesus Christ and he said, I'll take that on my shoulders now. Trust me, receive this child on whose shoulders I will put your whole future and it's going to work.
0: (laughs) Amen. Yes. Let me apologize for the amount of time we have You could preach this on uh, many messages for many weeks at Advent, but uh, let's just look at some of those titles. You know, His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Every one of those titles is just loaded with, with not just information, but power. Just take us through some of those yes these are these are ways lenses through which we can
1: see who jesus christ really is and what he's worth to us a wonderful counselor and this is this is so perfect at christmas charles this is what we need to think about Mm -hmm. and really savor in our thoughts he is the only wonderful counselor his ideas and strategies for life are wonderful they actually work They produce wonderful outcomes. Uh, He is the best thinker in the entire length of human history. Mm. He's not just a nice but incompetent person. Jesus Christ is a genius and a wonderful counselor, and I need him speaking into my life Mm. through his word. Everything gets better when I listen to him. Mm. And then he's also the mighty God, Isaiah says. Uh, He's the mighty God. Uh, He defeats his enemies easily. He has all power and all authority in heaven and on earth. Jesus reigns. Whatever my life may be, your life, or any listener, and whatever difficulty we may be facing, Jesus reigns over it all. And then, thirdly, he's the everlasting father. Interestingly enough, Jesus Christ the Son is also called by Isaiah the everlasting father, meaning that he loves us and provides for us endlessly. Jesus said, I will not leave you orphans. Yes. And then he is also the prince of peace. Um, And he loves his enemies and reconciles his enemies through his finished work on the cross. He is the prince of peace. It's an authoritative peace. He establishes peace. He preserves peace between us and God He creates it between us and one another.
0: He alone is the future of the world. Mm. And then we're back to the government. His government. And his peace. There will be no end. Yeah, he's not going to run for re-election in four years.
1: Or two. And he's not going to resign either. (laughs) No Um, midterm elections with this safety. No, and, and, and he doesn't require ratification from human opinion. And to me, when I really looked at this carefully, what jumped out at me, Charles, was, was this. It says, Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. Mm. When the Lord comes and takes us to be with himself forever, it will keep increasing his rule and his peace mm. over us, providing for us, blessing us. It will keep getting better forever. It will accelerate. Okay. It will intensify. Uh, it will enlarge, forever and forever, and will never come to the end. Never come to that moment when we say, "Well, that was great. I wonder if he can do that again." We'll <laughs> we'll never stop, because he is infinite, and we are finite, and we will never come to the end mm, yes. of Jesus Christ. Yes, in his wonderful fullness and kindness toward us. Mm. Amen. Then, when we come, Charles, to chapter fifty-three of Isaiah, we find this: All we like sheep have gone astray; we have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. At the cross, the Lord laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. We do not need to bear our own guilt anymore every one of us looks back at his or her life and we think boy I wish I could trade in my record for a better one well we can God offers that to us through Christ crucified the substitute for sinners because he lived the perfect life that we've never lived he did that for us and he died the guilty death we don't want to die And he did that for us as our substitute. And so when we receive Jesus, the friend of sinners, with the empty hands of faith, God exchanges our bad record with his good record. And our sins are laid on Christ at the cross, as Isaiah says. And Christ's righteousness is applied to us and credited to us. And we have a new record. It's sort of like a baseball card, Charles. We look at the on one side, and there are the stats of this phenomenal baseball player. Uh, he never struck out. He, he hit home runs every time he went to the plate. Uh, he was a brilliant baseball player. He knew the game, and he played it perfectly, and that's Jesus Christ. Those are his stats. And then we turn the card over, and guess whose picture is there? My picture is there. And that's what God gives because the Lord laid on Christ
0: the iniquity of us all at the cross, as Isaiah said. Ray, we're having you on because we're looking at different places in the Bible to see Christmas. And you're not only a pastor of a church there in Nashville... But uh, you also wrote the study notes. You're, a, you're an Old Testament scholar, used to teach at Trinity Seminary in uh, Deerfield, Illinois. And you wrote the study notes for the ESV Study Bible. Ray, let's dig in a little more to Isaiah. We certainly find Christmas in Isaiah, don't we? Yes. Uh, Isaiah foresaw
1: 700 years in advance the birth of Jesus Christ and described his birth And really helped us to understand the deepest meaning and joy and hope of the birth Mm, of
0: Christ. Yes. Well, let's go on a little bit. Let's go to Isaiah 40. And uh, we're going to find Jesus again, aren't we? Yes, we are.
1: Uh, The chapter begins, Isaiah chapter 40, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. And we're reminded there that God's deepest purpose for us is not judgment, but comfort if we'll receive it. And we do need comfort because life is brutal, these are very difficult times, Mm. but God comes to desperate people in desperate times with a comfort from above, a comfort that could not come from this world, a comfort that this world cannot bludgeon into non-existence, a comfort that overcomes all this world because it came through Christ who lived in this world as one of us and suffered with us and suffered for us.
0: Mm. Let's dig into it just a little bit more. Uh, That's how it starts. Let's go to verse 3. A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Uh, Just take us through that. Explain that to us and, and how that relates to Christ Jesus.
1: It is a prophecy of Jesus, and the voice crying was the voice of John the Baptist, Mm -hmm. who prepared the way for the Lord, the Lord Jesus. And what I'm so thankful for about that verse is that it says, in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God, because many people today are living in the wilderness. They're living in the desert. They look at their lives and they look at their future. They don't see hope. Yeah. Uh, they look at their lives and they think, it's, it's over for me. Yes, I have really nothing to look forward to anymore. It's all been taken away. I have myself have bungled it. And so I'm just going to have to endure uh, for the foreseeable future. And it's people living in that wilderness to whom God comes. And any listener who's, who's in that difficult place of hardship right now Uh, I think if Isaiah were in this conversation, he would say, get ready, because it's people in the wilderness to whom God comes Mm. in Christ. Mm. Amen.
0: Yes. Ray, sometimes uh, I ask people who are on the program, and, uh, uh, you know, there's comfort here. You've, you've of course, had downtimes in your life and discouragements. So have I. So have... Uh, everybody that's with us today on the program. Uh, A few years ago, you lost your dad. Your dad was not only the speaker on this program, but uh, he was a mentor to me, but he was your father. But what your dad was all about was sharing Jesus with other people. That's what you're all about as a pastor today. Let me just ask you, Ray, what does Jesus mean to you? Who is he to you? How would you say that to somebody on an airplane or somebody in your church that just walked up to you after a sermon and, on a Sunday morning and asked you that question? Well, thank you for asking me that question. That's perfect.
1: And here's, here's my answer. <laughs> Charles, my favorite word in the English language is the word friend. Mm. Um, a friend means I'm not alone. And the, the Scripture is clear. Jesus is a friend. He is the, f- the friend of sinners. Mm. He, he is one who befriends those who lose friends. Uh, when others turn away, he remains close. Mm. When others disappoint, he moves in with real understanding and when I fail, he does not abandon me. That's a friend. Yes. That's a glorious friend. It says here in Isaiah chapter 40 the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. When Jesus came 2,000 years ago, he was born into this world. God displayed his glory. And what was the nature of that glory? What was the glory that we saw? We saw the all holy God above coming down. To befriend us Hmm. that's not what we expected we expected him to criticize us to reproach us to but there's no smackdown in Jesus Christ and then that passage in Isaiah 40 will be fulfilled again at his second coming Hmm. the glory of the Lord will be revealed at the second coming of Christ and we want to be on good terms with this mighty friend. This life is all of it. The purpose of this life, Charles, is that we would enter into friendship with our friend Hmm. and not spurn him and turn him away. This chance, this life is our chance for that.
0: I remember at your uh, father's funeral, my predecessor here at Haven Ministries, you preached the service. And at the end, you said, I cannot leave uh, this day without sharing the gospel because that's what my father always did. And uh, you did. You shared the gospel. And that's what you just did with all of us. Yes. Would you mind closing us in prayer today? It would
1: be a privilege. With the gospel? Yes. Father in heaven, we do pray for everyone listening right now that you would open their hearts and give the gift of faith. Lord, take away defensiveness, take away uncertainty and hesitation and indecision, and make us all definite in our openness to Jesus Christ right now. We do hold out before you the empty hands of faith, and we receive Christ right now as our dear friend and all-sufficient Savior forever. In his
0: holy name, amen. Amen. Ray Ortland, thank you for being with us. Thank you for sharing your thoughts out of the prophet Isaiah to us here on Haven today.
1: Well, I'm very thankful that you invited me onto the program, and uh, Charles, it's been a delight, and I, uh, I'm, it's such a privilege to interact with you and sort of let our listeners sort of overhear what we're thinking about and what we cherish and and what we share together in the Lord. I hope that everyone who's been listening today has been helped.
0: Thank you for joining me today on this episode of Great Stories with Charles Morris. I also want to give a special thanks to Ray Ortland Jr. for letting us in on the powerful Messianic prophecies in the book of Isaiah. This podcast is made possible through the ministry of Haven Today. And if you want to hear more conversations like this, why don't you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts? And if you enjoyed this episode, please help us get the word out by leaving a five-star review. You can also go to haventoday.org and sign up for our weekly email and discover additional episodes posted on this blog. And as always, thank you for joining me once again on Great Stories with Charles Morris.